friends, welcome to this episode of the Make Well Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who's practicing creativity in their daily life so that they can live a life of purpose and passion. Each week, we'll be interviewing Midwest makers that will unveil the behind the scenes of their journey and lessons along the way. We hope their stories help you live a creative life and inspire you to start today. Hey makers, welcome to this episode of the Make Well Podcast. This is Ashton and today we have a real treat for you. He is an illustrator, a community builder, a podcaster, and he is married to an amazing woman and has the coolest two-year-old I know. Please help me welcome Ben Brick. Ah, thank you, Ashton. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me on. Gotta give Dylan a little shout out, right? Oh gosh, yes, definitely. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thanks for coming on today. And just kind of giving the behind the scenes of your story with us. Let's just start it off with a little bit about you. So who you are and what you do now or maybe what your family life is like. Well, um, I'm a graphic designer uh, and mainly focus on illustration. So what that means is making all the things, making things from scratch. I do hand lettering, um, logos, and brand illustrations. Um, and I work uh, over downtown um, at the Good Kids with you, Ashton. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when I'm not working all the time, um, I get to spend my time with my son and my awesome wife, like you said. So, yeah, yeah things are awesome at the moment. Sweet. Well, so far we've liked to kind of kick off all the podcasts with what was your first creative passion, either when you were, you know, little boy in school or maybe it came later in college or what was that first kind of creative outlet for yourself? I've always been the kid in like the back of the class who, uh, while the teacher is talking and teaching us all these awesome things about English and mathematics, um, I was kind of had my head Uh, down and looking at the piece of paper that she gave us with all the stuff. Mm -hmm. But I would flip that paper over and be doodling on the back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've always been into drawing. That's always kind of been the thing. And um, and also, um, just like when when I was younger... In those classes, I would just sit there and kind of laugh to myself at the the little drawing. So I was the weird kid in the back, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but it's starting to pay off, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah. So you really enjoy drawing from really early on. Yeah. It's it's been. Um, I think it it really started with my uh, my dad wanted to be a a, a draftsman, and so he kind of kind of taught me how to draw from when I was really little mm-hmm. and um, we would sit at the at the table and he would kind of do a little scribble and then he'd like pass it to me and then I'd put an eye somewhere and we would go back and forth and by the end of the night we would have um, a pretty well it was pretty ugly on my part but my dad <laughs> my dad was always a really good artist um, he could just make amazing things and so I, I always wanted to get as good as he was Mm-hmm. So sure. So it wasn't just doodling at school, but it was at home kind of hanging out with your dad. Yeah. Yep. And also while I was watching cartoons, like it was ah, just, it was yes. kind of like either I was running <laughs> and causing trouble or I was drawing. So what was one of your favorite cartoons? Oh, Ninja Turtles by far. hundred percent. hundred percent. Like, like there was no question in my mind until I was about 13 years old. Ninja Turtles was the jam. And do you have a favorite Ninja Turtle? Michelangelo. <laughs> There's no question about it. 
<laughs> I, that's as much as I know about the Ninja Turtles, but okay. I'm sure it was great. Well, Mikey's the party dude, so. Oh, so you're not Mikey. Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, personality-wise. I think, I, think, uh, I think Mikey's probably the most accurate one. Okay. Maybe. Nice. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So as you grew up and you did the whole high school thing, did you continue to draw and be interested in that? There was actually a time where, so let's say when I was about 15, I guess when I got into high school, I kind of dropped drawing because it was kind of like the stigma was you can't really make money with drawing. So um, you got to get into math and get really good at math so you can be an architect someday and you can buy a bunch of really cool things. (laughs) And um, so that was always the goal in high school. I dropped all my art classes and uh, started getting into things like calculus and um, and getting really heavy into science and stuff like that. And um, at the end of call or at the end of high school, I I thought that I was going to be an architect because that was like the place for creatives to go. I guess. I don't know if that's, I don't know why. I, but I was in that boat at a certain point, so I, I, feel I get like, it. I feel like every creative kid, they're just like, be an architect. Um, <laughs> here you go. Um, so I, I went to my first year of school with that in mind, being an architect. And um, by the time I was done with, with that first year of college, I realized I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do because calculus was really getting hard. <laughs> And I don't think that uh, that was the path I should have went because they were talking about imaginary things that are actual numbers and uh, that didn't make any sense to me. Had you had chosen a major at that point or was it just kind of your general classes? It was general at that point. Okay. So, gotcha. Um, but, but it was kind of like I was, I was hitting up all those like hard math classes, those I don't know if they were 104s or something like that. Something. <laughs> I don't know what they yeah. were, but they yeah. were like the... I really went for for the Hail Marys on the math classes. Gotcha. So when you were in those math classes and you realized, I probably shouldn't be an architect, what was your next next step? Well, I think my mom sat me down because I I went to her and I just was like, you know, calculus sucks, mom. (laughs) And I think that was when she kind of did some research and realized that graphic design was a thing. and and I looked at that and it was kind of like, ugh, I don't know. It 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 didn't hit me right away that that was what I needed to do. I was still kind of like very fuzzy on where my future was going. And so my mom actually pushed me to do this um this program down in Disney World. So I would go down to Disney World and basically work an entry level job, get paid hardly anything. But, like, be able to go to the parks whenever I want. So there were parks, but there was also, like, we're not going to pay you very much. Um, but I think there was – it could even be a college course. And you could choose to go to college down there if you really wanted to. Um, but, yeah, so I made the decision to to fly down to Florida and, and hang out there for about six months. Wow. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> so did you have any like fears going into that moving from Bismarck, North Dakota, all the way down to Florida? Or were you just like pumped, like ready to get out? I don't think I had fear at that age. Like there was no fear. Um, yeah. It was it was more so just like excitement. I was so excited to just see what the world looked like mm-hmm. outside of outside of uh, Norwegian country. And, uh, <laughs> and so I was really... Um, 
I don't know. I got down there and I immediately realized that um, this is the type of place for me. It was really um, just something I'd never experienced because people were, um, I don't know, just people were different. Um, there's a lot of stigma. Like, there's a lot of awesome things about North Dakotans. We're nice, we're hardworking, and that sort of thing. But you really realize that uh, if you're a creative person, <laughs> sometimes. Um, someplace like Florida really offers a lot for you. Sure. So what were some of the coolest experiences you had during those six months? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're at the Magical Kingdom. Yeah. I'm sure there had to be a few. Um, I was down there um, over Halloween and Christmas and just amazing, amazing parts of the year. And this was back in 2007, I think it was right when uh, Pirates of the Caribbean came out. Oh. So Halloween, every child, every boy who came to Disney World was um, was Jack Sparrow. <laughs> and so I had this, uh, I, I, I used to hide in the bushes or like in the, I knew where the, um, like the surprise areas were in, in the exits of the lines. So I would hide in these spots and I would wait for these kids to come up <laughs> and yeah. I would jump out that at them with my broom in hand. Cause I was a custodian. I don't know if I said that I, I, I sweat the floors and, and uh, yeah. And cleaned up puke and that sort of thing. It was, oh boy. it was pretty awesome. Actually, it was a lot of fun. Um, but <laughs> Uh, so I would jump out with my broom and I would I would yell at them to give me their candy, <laughs> and uh, they would sword fight me and they would always win, of course, because if I won, I would probably get sued or fired. So uh, they would always win and they would get to keep their candy. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing I used to do is there was two lines in Disney World. There's um, Fast Pass. And there's the regular line. Mm -hmm. And so Fast Pass, you get a special ticket for so that you can kind of just go past the lines right away. And I used to stand in the lines, in, in the regular line, the one that wasn't the Fast Pass. And I would, I would ask for the tickets for people. <laughs> and they'd get a little confused. They'd just look at me and, and I, I would, you know, double down on it. And then they'd start walking back. And then I had to, I had to let them come past me <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like a lot of pranking and that's pretty much all I did <laughs> and the best part about it is if you were to do that sort of thing at because uh, I also used to work at Raging Rivers and if I would have done that at Raging Rivers I would have been reprimanded a lot but um <laughs> but actually my my uh the people who were kind of my supervisors and that sort of thing yeah would actually give me like movie passes because they would see me doing these things, and it's like, in my head, like, I know that I'm not cleaning, I'm not really doing anything, <laughs> yeah. but they would, re like, reward me for that, so it was oh, just wow. a very different uh, environment. Yeah, what a sweet work culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, after six months, I mean, were you planning on sticking around in Florida, or what was kind of your game plan? Did you have that epiphany of what you wanted to do there? For as long as I could remember, I've always been like long-term mindset. Okay. And I really wanted to stay. Like I, I really wanted to hang out there and um, just continue, maybe move on to um, be Peter Pan or something. Like um, <laughs> there were a lot of options that I could have went into. Um, but 
ultimately I still hadn't gone to college and I knew that was still something that I really needed to figure out. And I probably could have went to college down there, but I think it was like way out of my price range. Uh So, um, so I decided to come back to, to Bismarck. And, um, while I was down there, um, I fell in love with just how Disney does things. Like they run an amazing business and they do such a good job on so many levels. All these tiny, tiny details. You could almost spend a day looking at something like Splash Mountain and just looking at every detail of Splash Mountain. And I'm not even talking about in the ride when you're in that little boat. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about like in the line queue and um, just surrounding the ride. There's just so much to look at that somebody who's only there for a week misses completely. Um, so, so that I, for some reason I equated that to, well, I should be an architect, which well, now designing that I, rides, designing houses, right. I guess similar. maybe an engineer or something, <laughs> yeah. but the more I thought about it, the more I realized that if I were to be an architect, um, I'd probably never get to do something on that level. Um, and that's, you know, who knows if that would have happened or not, but being a graphic designer, um, I could have potentially drawn that house or, or, or made a design with that amount of detail. Um, it, it's much more feasible for a graphic designer to be able to plug in that much, uh, personality mm-hmm. into, into a, a work. And so, so at first I was leaning towards architect until I really like did some research and, and found out that I guess designers probably the way that I wanted to go. <laughs> and, and in hindsight, that was completely the right idea in my opinion. Um, I'm so glad I made that decision. Um, but then I flew back to, to Bismarck and it was like, I had about a, a week to sign up for college. Oh geez. And I think I just said, screw it. And I play, I, I was construction worker Ben for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did construction for about another you know, for the, for the semester and then the summer. And then in the new year, I started graphic design school. What a transition going from the magical kingdom to going back to college. I can't even like begin to imagine that transition. (laughs) Well, and so for, for the, for the people who don't know me personally, I mean, I'm like five, maybe five, six at most with my boots on. I'm five, six. (laughs) You got to take into account the boots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because you wear boots in construction, so you're much taller. And um, so, you know, I I had just gotten uh, home from Disney World, and these construction guys knew it. And uh, I was small. Um, <laughs> I have a high voice and all that sort of thing. But I got hazed like crazy, and it was <laughs> um, honestly, I was twenty. I was 20 years old at that time, and I just loved being hazed. I don't what? know why. I had just a blast <laughs> getting hazed and um, finally worked my way up and was, like, an equal with the construction workers. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still talk to them? I don't. Um, I, I've hung out with them uh, maybe in the last five years, but... Um, you know, they're construction workers. They <laughs> they don't get what I'm doing. So you didn't do that for very long. <laughs> no, no. I was I was only construction worker for maybe nine months at, 
at most. Okay. I don't, I don't even know. Gotcha. So when you went back to school for graphic design and you kind of knew that that was your, that was your new point of direction for your life, were you, was it confirmed when you went to class? That's a really good question. I felt so at home with those people. It was Mm -hmm. so weird. I had never connected with so many people so quickly. We all, for some reason, understood pop culture the same, and we all just riffed really well together. Um, Yeah, that was like the first time I was like, oh my God, I belong here. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So Just to find your family. Yeah. Yeah. It was really just an eye-opening experience of like, yeah, I'm in the right place. That's awesome. That's perfect. So with BSC, their program is two years? It is two years. <laughs> and um, I I had talked to my, I had talked to a lot of people, um, but the most, the person that I trusted the most was my um, college instructor. And he told me you could move on and go to a four-year college. You know, really, what do you want to do with it? Yeah. Do you want to teach? And I said, not really. I want to do this and I want to, you know, I want to try to be just really, really good at it. So I do I need to go to more schooling. Um, and he said, to be really good at it, you probably don't need to do more than a two-year degree. Um, you just need to continue your education. Sure. And so that's what I have been doing since. Um, but I, I, so I was going to go to, uh, I think, NDSU or or the the dra- the college with the dragon. Moorhead. There you go. <laughs> <MSU>. <laughs> I was going to go to Moorhead. <laughs> And I, I took You're a, a designer. It's okay. Yeah. You just know the well, I know the, the I know the mascot. <laughs> and so I took a tour of it and I realized that taking the tour that I would still have to do like more math and more English mm. also to get that four year degree. Like I still had some generals to do and it was kind of like, nah, I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Disney. Yeah, it's all I've good. been to Disney. I got this. Um so yeah, the two-year thing has has really worked out so far. I've never run into a situation where somebody has looked at my, well, that I know of, that somebody's <laughs> looked at my port, uh, my uh, resume, and and said, oh, he's only been to two years. I I've gotten into companies that I didn't think that I was going to get into because people had told me, you need a four-year to get yeah. in. Um, uh, like the the last agency that I worked at was one of those that I thought I wasn't gonna get, but I I thank goodness I got it, and um, so and and now especially now it just it it's not a hindrance on what I'm trying to do. Yeah, hundred percent. I think design, in particular, is one of those industries that you don't even. I mean, with YouTube and Linda.com and all these resources, like if you're diligent and disciplined, I even know designers that have their own little programs of recommended resources to get you off the ground. So there's just so much you can learn online. And again, that might not be for everyone because you have to be pretty disciplined and hardcore, like independent with your studies, but you can totally do it. Yeah. The thing is, Ashton, you could go to college and have somebody like tell you what books to read, or you could just like figure out what books to read. And like books are so cheap. You can buy a book for less than $20 and you can like learn like 10 years of what, like mm-hmm. 10 years of experience from somebody who's mastered something. Um, yeah. Books and, and Skillshare and. And podcasts now. Yeah. Even YouTube. Like yeah. if you want a free resource, 
there's just so much out there that um, if you know where to look um, and even get some recommendations of where to start, mm-hmm. you you know, you can do it for sure. Yeah, and I think it's a lot about um, just that experience too. Whether you're in school or out of school, getting some practical life experience within the design industry is huge. And that's really what comes down to it, your portfolio. It doesn't matter what kind of degree you have. It depends on how how good your work is. Right. Yeah, that's that's the one. It, it can be a good thing and a bad thing for designers. Um, for a lot of fields, um, it's not as obvious. But for graphic designers and illustrators and uh, artists, it's so obvious whether it's like right off the bat, it's it's kind of like they can tell within a millisecond whether you've you've done your research and done your time or not. So it's as as a a visual artist or or a commercial artist, graphic designer, um, it's so important to to figure out your skills and and really uh, get good at what you're trying to do. Uh, so with that, with your portfolio and, you know, the idea that you don't necessarily need this for your degree, did you go right into work? From college? Yeah, from college. Did you just get a job right away? Sure. Did you freelance? So my first year of college, I think it was like the second semester, I got um, a really good um, internship. It was with McQuaid Distributing. And every summer they throw a huge softball tournament gigantic (laughs) yeah and so the the sole designer of McQuaid was having um a baby so I had to take over for the summer oh my gosh it was insane it was it uh it really uh challenged me and really like I was the creative director at that time wow which was and you're in school absolutely not qualified (laughs) yeah I did a bang up job I'll be honest. (laughs) And um, so after that internship, um, the next year of college, I went into, I was a designer for McQuaid, or sorry, for Dakota Screen Arts. And that's a local uh, t-shirt shop. And then after graduation, I was like, dang, I'm killing it out here. I'm going to (laughs) move to Fargo and really, you know, get get a killer job in Fargo and just kill it over there. Yeah, might uh, as well, right? May as well. <laughs> <laughs> so we moved to Fargo for two years. And, and who, who's we? Uh, me and Rebecca. Okay, so who's yeah. Rebecca? Rebecca's my wife. Ah, Rebecca's Yeah, so wife. Rebecca is my awesome wife. At the time, we were just starting to date. Gotcha. But okay, of course so she's we couldn't... following along on this journey with you. Uh, actually, so this is, I was following along You're following on the journey. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, she was like, I need more college. And so she was going to 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 uh, Fargo for for more school. Gotcha. And um, this was like we weren't we were serious, but we hadn't been dating for that long. Yeah. But I put it in my head that the reason I was going was to get um, a killer agency job or something. <laughs> I was I was obviously following her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As Twitter paid it. What can I say? <laughs> and uh, so I moved up there, and actually I ended up like. I was not connected. And for anybody who's going to move towns, one of the most important thing that I've learned in the last six or seven years is try to start going to local meetups or or something like that. I don't even know if those were around because I didn't even check in Fargo, but that was my big, that was the reason that I didn't succeed. And um, 
So I went up there and I ended up being a server for two years, which was kind of a hit which, to my... Which restaurant? Ruby Tuesday. Ooh, shout out to Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was just a hit to my uh, to my pride. Like I, I yeah. was doing really good mm-hmm. uh, before this. And so went to Fargo and kind of got chewed and spit out. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. I had a blast. I worked about 20 hours a week and um, just kind of did the, like I had a college experience, but I wasn't going to school. Sure. It was super like easy living. So like at home, were you doing the whole like YouTube Linda thing or were you freelancing or you're just rocking life with Ruby? I was, I was freelancing. Are you saying in Fargo? Yeah. In Fargo, like in your free time. I was freelancing. Mainly what I was doing is just like going for really long runs. (laughs) I did. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I did a little bit of freelance and um, it didn't really start to pick up until two years later, I decided to move back. And this was actually before uh, my my now wife was done with college. I was just like, I've kind of, I need to get back to Bismarck. And the week that I got to Bismarck, I had two design job offers, oh, which wow. was like crazy. And I, mm-hmm. I, to this day, I think it was because I put Sean Thornton on my resume. <laughs> He's quite the guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, so then I worked for the Tribune for, for maybe a year. And that's where I met our editor, Jay. <laughs> and uh, um, the Tribune, you know, you know, it was a fun place to work, but ultimately I, I kind of, I was just like moving for the next, for the next three or four years, I hopped jobs every year. So I went to quality printing. And then after quality printing, I got into, um, what, what at the, at that time was like my dream job. And so I got to work for an agency called, uh, agency Mabu. Um, just one of the, one of the more fun places to work that, that, it was probably one of my best jobs besides Disney. Sorry, Mabu. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty hard to beat. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, then, then I was at Ma- uh, Mabu. I, I kind of said, I'm going to be here for five years. And it ended up being about two until I, I kind of decided that, that I needed to, to make another step. Okay. And just to back up just a little bit, when you were hopping around to these different jobs, did you have that end goal of mind of, I want to be at an agency? Or did you just know that those, like, maybe work cultures weren't for you? Or what was sort of your ambition at the time? Yeah. So the goal was always to to kind of get one of these awesome jobs, like, uh, like an agency or maybe like working for... Um, like an energy company, but you're their designer and sure. you're just set for life. It was kind of one of those deals where I was, I was just constantly trying to like learn. Mm-hmm. So I'd be at a job for about a year. And after a year is up, I was kind of like, I get how to do this job and I don't know if I'm learning anymore. Sure. So when I got to Mabu, I really felt like I would be learning for about five years okay, and um, really improving myself for about five years. And, and, you know, at, at the time I had no reservations for just staying there for life. When I first got in there, it was, it was like literally what I had been working for my whole, like the past yeah six, seven years that I was a designer. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't remember how long that was, but, um, yeah, I, I felt like I had made it. So 
Um, I just kind of set a five year bar of like, I feel like I'll be here for five years, mm-hmm. um, which was the longest I had ever been at a job. So I don't know why, what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and so you said you were only there for two years? Two. Yep. Gotcha. So what, what kind of shifted in your mindset from going from this five year plan to a two year plan? I think the biggest realization was that my personality and and this so I've been struggling with this for a while but my personality wasn't coming out in the work it was kind of the um the agency's style that started coming out and that mm-hmm. was just that's just how agencies I I think that's how agencies work like you kind of just produce what um the company needs you to produce right because you're like that's just how it is because you need to have um, a solid look when you're constantly working with clients. Um, The clients need to know what to expect. So I would like throw up these really weird ideas (laughs) to, uh, to my um, account execs. And of course they, they, you know, it's not, it's not what we were wanting. So um, basically I, I kind of said, well, I just, I think that I need to start my own thing and produce things that, that my heart loves. Mm -hmm. And so I started making the plan of how I was going to start my own, um, illustration business. Sure. So even though you were doing a lot of graphic design, your heart was still drawn towards the illustration and the drawing that you were in love with as a child. Yeah. Yep. And, um, a big part of that was just realizing that everything that I love to make, um, whether it was logos or hand lettering or like just spot illustrations for blogs or that anything like that, mm-hmm. these were all the things that I was just amped. These are the things that uh, when I had that project in the queue, like I would just jump out of bed and go to Mabu. Like it was <laughs> yeah. just like, these are fun projects and this is what I want to do with my life. But most of the time when you're working for um, a local agency here, you're working on layout design. And so that's kind of what I consider a graphic designer as somebody who arranges layouts and also makes logos. But I kind of realized that the things, all these things that I, that just got me amped for life were, were all kind of encompassed under, um, under a moniker of illustrator. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I chose to, to market myself as and brand myself as, um, just somebody who like makes something out of nothing. Yeah. So did you get to make that transition while you were still at Mabu, you know, kind of worked up your portfolio, were able to freelance or was it a pretty strict move where you knew that you couldn't start your own thing until you left Mabu? Yeah. Mabu is is just amazing. And so as long as Mabu knows that you're, that you're freelancing, Mm -hmm. like they don't really have a problem as long as you're not competing with them. And that's like, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They, they don't have any problem with it. And actually when I, when I did leave, um, the owner was super kind. Like he was just like, yeah, go get it. This is great. And he even tried to like, help feed me work for the first year like he was so supportive um just just stand up real good guy that's so cool yeah that's, I feel like that's that's more so rare than normal oh it's so, so rare. to have that encouragement I don't know to me 
that's a tough conversation to have to say that you're leaving a place of work that you thought was your dream job, oh, right? Like you work so hard to get to this <laughs> point where you're like, this is it. Like I've made it. And then suddenly two years later, you have to have this conversation with the same guy that probably offered you that job and say, sorry, like I got to go. I got to do my own thing. Yeah. So when you were thinking about that, were there any doubts or fears in your mind or any obstacles that you personally had to overcome before taking that leap to full time? It was, it was so weird. The only obstacle was that I was going to like hurt my boss's feelings. Like I, (laughs) for some reason, I just knew that it was going to be all good when I got out on my own. Um, I think that was around the time when I had just started producing work for the community. And, um, so people started recognizing my work as my work, which was always what I've always wanted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, just people started like seeing things and being like, oh, Ben did that. That's, that's kind of, uh, that's that thing that I always wanted. Um, well, not always when I, yeah, that whole situation where I was like, oh, I need to do my own thing. That's what I was looking for. And so as soon as that started happening, I knew it was time to, mm-hmm. to kind of do, make the move to do my own thing. And, um, so yeah, I, it was so weird because because my wife and I both had talked multiple times, and we had just had our son Dylan. Um, he was about two or three months old when when I had this conversation with <laughs> with my boss. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> <But> good timing. <laughs> it was you know the weird thing is is it was perfect timing because we both had this conversation like we're just not worried about it because like. Her and I are just, we, we like to work hard and we like to, um, we like challenges. So, um, we, we kind of bit a lot off, you know, (laughs) having a kid and starting a business at that time. But the crazy thing is, is now every morning, um, I get to hang out with my son when he's like at his best, probably, uh, seven to nine 30, like Dylan is just bouncing off the walls and I just like, oh my God, it's (laughs) such a cool feeling that I don't have to leave Dylan until like he's getting sleepy. (laughs) Yeah. You get the best of the best of the day. Yeah. So it, 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 it allowed me a lot of freedom that I definitely, you know, I wouldn't expect an employer to allow. Sure. And did you have any you know, mentors or counselors kind of like speak into your life at that point when you're having that conversation with Rebecca or it was it really you two buckling down and saying like, hey, we're going to do this together. I'm sure that there were mentors, but yeah. like the, the, this is weird, but the mentor that stands out is Rebecca. Like mm-hmm. she is such a cheerleader and like she handles all the hard stuff in my business. So like um, <laughs> if you, you know, she handles invoices a lot of times and she hands handles like taxes and all these these all the girls stuff all these hard <laughs> things she just takes them off my off my shoulders and so you know i'm so excited for the future of where yeah. that takes us because um i think right now uh brick illustration is is me a lot of me right mm-hmm. But in the future, like it's going to be, I really think that it'll be me and Rebecca because she's got so much uh, talent and so much, um, she's just so awesome. 
at, at so many different things yeah. that I think she's going to be a huge asset to the future of what we're doing. Yeah, and I can attest to that. Rebecca yeah. is amazing. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. how? I mean, how's it been? How's the two years of doing your own work and doing freelance? I think that this is the longest design job I've ever had. <laughs> so it must be going well. <laughs> and it's going really well. Like, I wake up every morning and there's no, like, ups, uh, like you're not upset at the clock. Um, I, I can kind of set my own routine. I can work as little or as much as I want usually ends up being much more than 40 hours. But, um, but that's, that's why I love it is because I'm working on projects that my heart is in and I'm working with people that, that I really care about. Like all my clients are become friends. They all become some of, sometimes even like really good friends. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, I've, I've really, I think that we figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. What have been some of your favorite projects that you've gotten to work on? Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> first of all, I want to say, like, almost everyone that comes through the door is that dream project. For some reason, I am getting so lucky with the people and the and the projects that are coming through my door. Um, I do want to say recently... Um, because cause in my mind, my work gets better every year, right? So when I look at old work, it's it's not like it's still good, but it's like I can see where I'm improving. Yeah. So um, so there's a few things coming through the shoot that uh, that we that aren't real products yet. And one of them is I got to redesign the Mighty Missouri coffee bags. Oh, sure. Which was like one of those really cool projects that mm-hmm. um like who gets to redesign a coffee bag that's yeah, amazing that's that's a pretty sweet project that's yeah and so uh we took it a little um we took it to kind of we want to show for this project the the coffee company we wanted to show like a deep love for the heritage uh, the heritage of North Dakota so that's kind of uh, to put a to put an image in your head, it's we there's like a cool drawing of an eagle on there. I don't know. Had a lot of fun with it, and um, Brian's really fun to work with too. Um, and then uh, lately, I've also been getting to collaborate with um, a designer from Fargo. His name is Adam Weedman, and um, we've been tag teaming these beer labels. And uh, that's probably one of the most rewarding projects that I've done recently, just because um, I do the illustration and then he handles all the design. Yeah. So it kind of is like exactly what I've always wanted. Yeah. (laughs) You're the dream team. And he's like way better than me at designing. So he makes my work look (laughs) so good. Um, So I'm so happy that, um, that he brought me on that project. Um, and honestly, I could sit here and go on and on about yeah. projects because, like, like I said, everyone is just so cool. I I also recently made one of, well, the best mascot I've ever made, and I'm super excited for it. It's for a uh, a trail company. They maintain trails, so they pick up garbage and they like dig new trails so that you can connect 
these other two trails. They do all kinds of awesome things, and I'm uh, super excited to be a part of that project. That project, uh, we kind of modeled it after Smokey the Bear, mm-hmm. but it's like a mini version of it. It's like a... so. I don't want to say what it is. It's <laughs> mini smoky. It's but it's it's like a it's something like a chipmunk or a gopher or a prairie, prairie dog. dog, something like that. <laughs> I don't want to say what it is because I don't want people yeah. to to I don't know. You know you know how it is. Yeah. I want it to be ambiguous. Sure. I think if you could design mascots all day long, <sighs> that would be just up your alley. You know what? I might quit what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, whoa. just be a mascot designer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. So obviously there's a lot of joy and flexibility and, you know, all of these things that come with doing that full-time step. Were there any obstacles that came your way as well that you weren't necessarily expecting? I haven't hit any obstacles besides burnout. So that's one thing is I always thought that there would be a dip. In like, like a like a high season. Like I've always, season. yeah, I've always been waiting for this dip in, in a season where I have nothing to do, and where I could maybe like work on my website or something, <laughs> or maybe take a sabbatical, maybe take a vacation. But um, for the last two years, like it's been, you know, probably forty hours a week at least, um, and and it's such a good problem to have. Like I can't complain. <laughs> But there has been a few weeks where I just got flat out, like, de- like not depressed, but, like, you hit this wall and mm-hmm. you can, like, you, like, can't go into work. So you just, like, lay on the couch and zone out for a day. And then the <laughs> next day I'm, like, up and ready to go. But that's, like, not healthy, I don't think. Yeah, it's been super smooth and super, like, like my my clients have been just so supportive and and even just things like uh start bismarck um make well and all these organizations around town have been just so supportive in in what i do um one thing that has been unexpected is um i always thought that i'd be like this lone wolf designer right cuz mm-hmm. i thought that was cool <laughs> to be that and, weird kid in the back of the classroom. Yeah, to be the weird kid who's like secluded in his cabin house, drawing all the time, in and his like, boots. like, and I like the idea that I never come out of the of the cabin. But recently, uh, Ashton, you came to me and and gave me this great idea, <laughs> and and it was it was one of those things where I wasn't planning on it. It wasn't something on my radar. Um. And honestly, it was it was probably another like five, five or seven years out, like to get a building downtown or rent a building downtown, and have a presence, um, in the community with with our business. And um, so you came to me with the idea. Do you do you want to go into it or should I? Oh, I would love to hear your perspective on it. Okay. Well, Ashton came to me with yeah, like I said, amazing idea, and basically. Uh, a collaborative working space. And what that meant is, yes, we kind of got to have our own businesses and, and rent a building together, but also that we can have a have a company that also you can pull all these talented people together and take on huge clients, right? And the first thing that went through my head was, if I don't do this, I'm going to be kicking myself so hard. In, <laughs> in three years, I'll just be like, 
why didn't I do that, right? <laughs> so, so it wasn't something that I was ready for. It wasn't really on my radar. But as soon as you, you mentioned that you were going out on your own and um, you wanted to rent a space downtown, Rebecca and I had no, uh, no reservations. We just said, yes, let's do it. Because um, I've worked with you in the past on, on everything from TEDx to MakeWell to, to all these different things. And it always seems to work really well. Um, so I've, I've always enjoyed our collaborations. And I knew that, like I said, if I, if I said no to this and I saw some other Yahoo sitting in the chair next to you, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. I'd be like, what was I thinking? I'm glad I'm not a Yahoo, Ben. <laughs> no, no. The other guy would be a Yahoo. Oh, the other guy. The yeah. Other guy. Yeah. I mean, I think, I guess from my perspective, there's, there's powers in numbers and there's power in community and collaboration. And so to me, it was like, if I'm going to go out on my own, I want to do it with people that are A, smarter than me, B, have more experience than me. <laughs> And see, can collectively we can get all of us to that that level that we're all after. Dang, I'm I'm doing a good job making you think that I'm smarter <laughs> than you because you have all this experience. Of, <laughs> and you took calculus. I, oh, I pre calc was calculus. my my top point. I reached after pre calc. I realized that I was going to do design for college, and I was yeah. like, Why am I a year ahead in math? Like this is going to get me nowhere. No, <laughs> so it, I said, it Peace never out. Did. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, and, and so same goes here as I, I think that you and Carrie are both way smarter than me in other areas, too. So, like, yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that uh, that's that's the goal, because that's how I feel, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's next for you or what's next for the good kids? What do you kind of see on your next year's radar? Oh, I think the biggest thing right now is... Um, Rebecca and I have been kind of crushing goals a little quicker than we've been wanting to, uh, which is amazing, right? But we were we've decided that we're really going to focus on what we've accomplished and really kind of zero in on those things and improve, improve, improve. Um, so I think for the next year, maybe two years, is going to be just figuring out how now that we have uh, accomplished getting an office and, and, um, starting the good kids, how can we really utilize that asset as, as best we can? And how can we build systems for it? And how can we, um, just make it better and better every year? Um, so the goal right now is to just keep doing what we're doing and keep, um, cutting fat. Yeah. I love that. Spot on. Cool. <laughs> if you if you could tell that kid in class that was drawing on the opposite side of the worksheet some piece of advice or wisdom that you wish you would have known looking back, what would that be? I think that I would probably have to say, obviously, um, keep learning art because the last, I like, I feel like I could be a lot further along had I continued to find myself. In, in the visual world a little bit in mm -hmm. high school and even college. Like I just didn't draw through those times. Yeah. Um, and I probably would tell myself to, you know, try to start a business, not, not at five or not at 10, but like, I think the biggest thing is, is keep being weird. 
like keep being a weird kid because there was a time in my life where, and this was in high school and, and into college mm-hmm. where I got super serious because I was reading all these books and I was, I was learning a lot. Yeah. So I started talking really smart and it didn't, <laughs> it, like it didn't come off right because, um, that's not my personality. Like I'm a little weird and I, <laughs> and, and I kind of dropped that personality for a long time. And actually I was doing a, um, a tutorial on drawing a long time ago. I, I used to do tutorials on drawing and my wife was listening in and I, and I remember her just being like, loosen up, man. <laughs> like, cause I Go was, Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was like a click moment, um, in my head where it was like, Oh yeah. Like I need to remember that weird side and, and, yeah. and kind of, kind of, loosen up a little bit and um so it's it's been a journey since um and that may have been about three maybe two years ago um it's been a journey to really figure out go back to you know having the freedom to be who I am Mm -hmm. so yeah so um so yeah I think I think trying to tell that kid like don't let the world don't let the world like tell you how to be just be you're fine sure you know yeah that's good advice yeah all right ben we have the same final question Uh, for all of our guests so get ready okay i'm ready (laughs) it is what is one thing you wish you were really good at but aren't and how do you work around it (laughs) okay well the the easy answer is um is the biz like taxes and my workaround is my wife but I, I think I need to be, I think I need to come up with a better answer. I am bad at um, organizing, what is it? Like organizing of like when I need to be somewhere and <laughs> and that sort of thing. Like, like scheduling? Scheduling. There we go. And so a workaround is that I started sharing a calendar with my wife on um, uh, Google, Google mm, no, it's the iCal. Ah, uh, iCal, yep. Yeah, so we just started sharing a uh, a calendar about a year ago. And then also, <laughs> this is a little weird, but I'm like a paper guy. So mm-hmm. I just went and bought myself like a mini binder. And this last week I've been designing like the perfect system for myself where I have a sheet that I can punch and it's like my client questions. And then I have a sheet that I can punch that's a calendar. So I'm going to build this like organization binder and I'm going to be like the most organized guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, can't wait. I hope it's not a fad. I really want to figure this out because it's like it's really tough. But I think the binder is going to work. Well, maybe if it works for you, it'll work for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think what I'm going to do is if it starts working... I'm going to release these pages and you can just download them because it's going to be. So stay tuned, huh? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending tonight with us and to share a little bit about Disney World and all of those jobs that you went through to kind of find your dream job just to figure out, hey, I need to do my own thing. So. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate uh, you, you having me on. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Make Well Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or subscribe wherever podcasts are found. If you'd like to learn more about the Make Well community or get connected, you can visit wearemakewell.com or at wearemakewell on Instagram. All right, we'll see you next time, friends.